finals defining round eight awaits us in the NAB League girls competition, including a top two battle. We'll preview that a little later on in the final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for all your pathway related content across Aussie rules, basketball, and netball. Visit draftcentral.com.au. I'm Matthew Cox. Great to have your company for this edition, the NAB League girls edition of the final siren podcast and as i welcome in pete williams to the program the chief editor of draft central pete good results on the weekend if you were an eastern rangers or oakley Chargers fan as they made their way into the top four yeah it makes it for a very exciting finish because i think realistically there's six teams that can make the top four now and two of them have you know unless well geelong have definitely made the top four but uh uh, disaster avoiding uh, Northern have two. So we've got four teams trying to squeeze into third and fourth and it makes for some exciting final fortnight. It certainly does. Welcoming in the women's footy editor of Draft Central, Sophie Taylor. Every team now has a win on the board uh, this season thanks to a win for the power on the weekend. Yes, very exciting. I've been waiting for Gippy to get a win, so it's good that they finally got one. And the only one that tipped them last week too, yeah. all of us, and I must <laughs> apologise to all the, the Gippsland power <laughs> friends down there in Morwell <laughs> after I said they had no chance. So, uh, well done, Gippsland. <laughs> um, round seven of the competition it was not only the power's first win of 2019, but also the first time we had Tassie enter the competition. And the Western Jets defeated them on Friday night, 5-8-38 to one behind. Yeah, I wish I could say it was a better performance by Tassie on Friday night, but Western were just too good. Um, They've had some sloppy games this season, but they really carried some good form into this match. Um, Elizabeth Georgia-Stathis was one of the standouts once again with 24 touches, seven tackles. Um, Jasmine Goodman and... Emma Quinn both put on a good performance with two goals apiece. Um, there are a few players with 18 touches, Ruby, Tripodi, Peyton, Annie Ozels and uh, Isabel Pritchard. Um, yeah, Tripodi and Ozels had five tackles each. So a, there was a really good strong effort across the whole field for the Jets, whereas Pritchard had the two marts and the five tackles. So again, really, really good off half back. Uh, for Tassie, Mia King was one of the better ones. Um, she had a great run and carry, did a lot off the ball. Um, so a lot of her work actually didn't carry into the stats, but she had the 16 touches. Um, Ellen Brickhill got the only score on the board for Tassie in the final quarter with 14. Um, Perry King with seven tackles and Kalani Mori had five tackles and six rebound 50s. So, yeah, it was an okay performance by Tassie, um, but the Jets just got the one over them. That was the first of Tassie's games on the weekend. We'll review their match against the Rangers a little later on. Back at Rams Arena on Saturday, we had the Geelong Falcons up against the Calder Cannons. This was an interesting, almost a game of two halves, really, where the Geelong Falcons scored all their score in the first half and the Cannons mm. took until the final term to get on the scoreboard. Yeah, it was very un Geelong like but look at that scoreboard um, because it's not often they don't score in a quarter, let alone two quarters. I just It's almost like they went home at halftime. But uh, I, I think you've got to have some down periods and obviously credit to Calder for matching it with them in the second half. And I think looking at the names, you, you saw the usual... Players up the top with uh, Lucy McAvoy having the 23 touches, massive 12 tackles, three rebounds. She was terrific. Uh, Luca Lezowski Hay had the 18 again. She was fantastic. Three inside 50s. Mia Skinner and Paige Shepard had 17 touches each, and Shepard kicked a goal. 
Uh, Abby Chapman in defence was outstanding. You know, the the usual names that pop up, but Geelong just have so many names that just come out um, and really perform. Where on the other end of the scale, Calder, they're still building. They've got a lot of young players in that team. And realistically, um, Georgie Prasparkas and uh, Georgia Patrikios did a lot of the work. They won 63 touches, uh, five marks, 12 tackles, nine inside 50s and nine rebounds between them. And uh, Patrikios kicked their only goal while Alana Barber had the 22. And uh, between the three of them, they made up about 41% of the Cannons' possessions. So, obviously, it's just a case of trying to, I guess, build that depth at the club. Uh, but, you know, they, they were able to keep Geelong to a pretty low score. So, they'd probably be pleased with that. They've still got a lot of those players are going to be there next year and the year after. So, it's terrific experience for them to play against the benchmark. The final score in that game, 3-2-20, the Geelong Falcons defeating the Calder Cannons one straight six. And that loss saw the Calder Cannons drop outside at the top four of the NAB League girls. The next game, the Oakley Chargers, they remain alive in the finals race after securing a 33-point victory against the Dandenong Stingrays out at Shepley Oval. It was a convincing win by the Chargers. Um, Dandenong really struggled to get goals on the board, whereas Oakley had a really good shared effort to get the ball inside 50 and then kick on goal. Um, Jade Anthony was the only goal kicker for Danny Nong with two goals herself. Um, Gemma Radford had a good effort with 14 touches, nine tackles. Molly McDonald with 13 touches, six tackles. Lucy Grocock and Jess, uh, Jess, Tygood, Jess Guy Too Good didn't have loads of the footy but had 10 and 11 tackles respectively so it was a really good shared effort by Dandy to protect the ball and try to regain possession of it but Oakley were just too good Um, they dominated across the board Uh, Eliza James had one goal and three behinds uh, so not quite as accurate as she probably would have liked but had the 19 disposals Um, also for Oakley Emily Harley with 20 touches Taylor Morton had 16 disposals five marks seven tackles and Joanna Lynn had a goal, 18 touches and seven tackles. So, like I said, it was a really good shared effort by Oakley um, and they'll be really happy to, happy to get that game on the board. The Murray Bush Rangers returned to winning form on the weekend, defeating an inaccurate Sandringham Dragons by 19 points at Norman's Oval in Wangaratta. Yeah, the Dragons actually had one more scoring shot than the Bush Rangers. The Bush Rangers, as you said, were more effective, the five goals, six to the one goal, 11 uh, and, you know, it was great to see the Bushies get on the board and, and just snuff out, even though it wasn't realistically a chance, as we know from last week, where they needed about 12 different things to happen. Uh, that sort of just cut the end to Sandy's finals hopes. So, uh, But for Murray, it was a- another great effort across the board. You know, Abby Favell had 23 touches, three marks, four tackles, four inside 50s. She's one of three Bush Rangers named in the uh, New South Wales ACT squad. Uh, and Millie Brown, again, she, she's just been performing well all season. Uh, you know, the six rebounds, two inside 50s and 22 touches, and Olivia Barber, she'll be one to watch for the future. The tall forward ruck had three goals, 15 touches, the five marks, uh, and a couple of hitouts. So they're, they're developing nicely there. And for the Dragons, you know, Sarah Hartwig uh, had, had another 16 touches, five rebounds. She was one of the best. Abby, um, you know, as I said, Abby Favell and... Uh, uh, Burke had the 16 touches and uh, one mark, one tackle, two inside 50s. Um, and 
you know, along with Alice Burke, you've also got, you know, Winnie Lang, who had the 13 touches. There's quite a few contributors through there, but unfortunately the goal kicking just wasn't on point in the game. So uh, Murray were in the end got the job done and kicked a couple of goals in the last term just to break away and score the win. This next match is the one that I'm going to claim the points in the reverse psychology from my comment last week. Uh, they were trailing it by 13 points at half time, the Gippsland Power, but managed to fight back to break through for their first win of 2019, accounting for the GWV Rebels by six points at Shipley. Yeah, this was a big one for Gippy. Um, Sophie Mullen had a kick after the siren to uh, even up the scores for the Rebels um, and it did not make it through the goals. So there was a big win for Gippsland. They got their first win on the board, um, had a really, really good effort across the board. Grace McRae had 24 touches, three marks, seven tackles. Nakia Weber and Kiana Tehuea, um, on her season debut, kicked two goals apiece. Um, for GWV, Sophie Mullen had 23 touches, um, one goal and four tackles. Ella Wood, 15 touches, a goal, three marks and six inside 50s. So GWV were doing a lot of work forward to create opportunities, but the intensity that Gippy put on in the second half in particular was just phenomenal. The final score in that game, 5-4-34, the Gippsland Power defeating the Rebels 4-4-28. In their second match for the weekend, the Tassie Devils fell five points short of the Eastern Rangers at Rams Arena. Yeah, I was getting some flashbacks to last year with Eastern when they played Western. Uh, when they were trailing, obviously they lost, and then from then on it was uh, they, their season sort of went down the drain a little, but... Credit to them, a year on, they were able to get the job done. Um, sort of, albeit through the uh, work of Serena Gibbs kicking a late goal with a few minutes left, um, just to get them five points up against Tasmania. And I, I think Tasmania really learnt a lot from that first game against Western. And Eastern might have been a bit surprised because obviously they would have seen uh, that Western comfortably accounted for the Devils on the Friday night. And Eastern, uh, being the team they are, they're really consistent. They would have thought, okay, well, I think we can do this. Uh, but... Obviously, they got a bit of a shock from the way Tassie were playing. They had plenty of contributors across the board. Uh, and in the end, it, it took them the full four quarters. And like looking down the score, like Mia King, again, was terrific for Tasmania. She's the standout player this year. Had um, 20 disposals, the two marks, four tackles, four inside 50s. Um, you know, so she was really great. Uh, look across the board for Easton. I said Serena Gibbs was their best player and I'd say best on ground. She kicked a couple of goals and impacted through the ruck and around the uh, around the ground. Uh, Tani Brown and Emma Horn were 19, 18 touches each for Easton and, and they were quite good. So there was quite a bit of, uh, I guess, consistency from both sides. But uh, in the end, Easton were just that little bit better and they got the job done. 3-3-21, defeating the Devils 2-4-16. That game out at Rams Arena. The final game of the round is where Bendigo's finals aspirations took a hit with the Northern Knights winning convincingly 19-64 to the Pioneers 1-5-11. Yeah, the Knights really outclassed Bendigo in this match um, and really showed Bendigo why they've been so highly rated this season once again. Um, Bendigo have had a really, really good season um, but just couldn't compete with Northern um, at this level. Uh there was some really good performances by Bendigo against such strong opposition, though. Um, Morv Tupper had 20 touches, Brooke Hard 16 and 11 tackles, Gemma Fitting 16 and 5 tackles, um, and then Abby Thompson was the sole goal kicker for Bendigo. 
Um, for Northern, there were three multiple goal kickers. Alyssa Bannon with three. Michaela Appleby and Georgia Purtis with two each. Uh, and then Abigail Bennett had 23 touches and eight tackles. Gabby Newton with 20 and four marks and three tackles. Um, and then again, Alyssa Bannon, 18 touches, four marks and five tackles. So it was just a really even spread across the board for Northern and a really, really good effort. So that's round seven of the Nabley girls. It sets up a bumper round eight, which we'll preview very shortly here on the Final Siren podcast, the Nabley girls edition, thanks to Draft Central. We're now going to have a chat with a crop of falcons. That's not the right uh, cliche to use with falcons. <laughs> what, what would it be? I'm not sure. No? Um, stars, maybe, the way they're <laughs> travelling. Uh, but today, uh, yeah, we're going to have a chat with uh, Elise Vella, uh, Rookie Me athlete uh, at the Rookie Me testing day, as well as Mia Skinner and Captain Lucy McAvoy. We spoke to them all uh, at the at the testing day. So I guess here's Sophie having a chat to them. I'm Sophie. Nice to meet you. You too. Um, How has your day been so far? Obviously, testing is always a little bit scary coming in. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, the events and all the facilities have been really great today. Yeah, and so what's been your favourite thing so far? Is there anything that you think you've done really well at? or? Um, I like the agility and the 20 metre sprint, sprints the best. And why is that? Um, I don't know, I'm pre- I think because I'm a smaller player, I like being more agile. Yeah, and how's pre-season been so far? Yeah, it's been really good. We've been training since last year and we're just starting games now, so it's really exciting. Yeah, cool. And so you're part of the Rookie Me Academy. Um, How's that? You come in here and you kind of know a lot of faces. Yeah, it's really good to be familiar with some of the team around here. It kind of just gives you a boost when you come in. Yeah, and what are you looking forward to this season? Um, I reckon just playing. I just love the sport. I just love footy so much. Just getting to play play with my friends is really nice. Yeah, cool. Hello, I'm Sophie. Nice to meet you. Um, Yeah, pretty easy questions, don't worry. Yeah, how's your day been so far? A little bit of testing? Yeah, it's been good. I've liked it. It's like chill, but like you're also going to try your best and everything. It's good. Yeah, and is there something that you think you're really good at or that you need to improve on? Um, I don't think I'm too bad at the sprints, but I think my 2K, I'll need to try my best. I'm not very good at that. But and how about on the field? What do you think is your strengths and weaknesses? I think I'm good at sending the ball into attack quickly and could probably work on a bit more of my overhead marking and contests and everything. Yeah, and how's pre-season been so far? Yeah, it's been good. It's been yeah. tough, but it's. I think all the work's going to pay off. And what about this season? Looking ahead, what do you what do you, do you expect? I guess. Um, I think uh, us as a group are really good, and we're going to hopefully be nice to make it to finals. And yeah, we're a really good group. Yeah, cool. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm Sophie. I'm Lucy, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah, so looking at today, how has today been? Obviously testing, it always is a little bit um, nerve-wracking coming in. It is a little bit, no, but it's been good fun. Like, the boys have been pleasant to us, so it's always good. <laughs> it's always handy, yeah. Um, yeah, and so pre-season, how's that been for you? Uh, really good. We've got a really good group, young girls, but everyone really gets along, so we've trained hard and hopefully... We're able to have a good season. Yeah, and is there anything you personally have been working on over pre-season? Um, mainly my fitness, just trying to get that as good as possible heading into the season. Um, just it helps the team out. So. Yeah, and looking into the season, um, what are you most looking forward to? Playing with a new bunch of girls. Everyone's so new, so to get to play with quite a few of the new girls will be exciting. Yeah, and you've been named as captain again. Um, how does that feel? 
it's a great honour, as every year it's a massive honour, I don't take it lightly. Um, I'm very lucky to have that role again, so I um, don't take it for granted. And as a captain, what do you think your best strengths are? Um, ooh, I like to think maybe lead by action and um, be the leader in that way and then also getting around the girls and um, lifting them up if they're down. Yeah, cool. Um, I think that's all I've really got. But thank you. That's awesome. Thanks. Our very own Sophie Taylor there speaking uh, with the Geelong Falcons players, Elise Vella, Mia Skinner and Lucy McAvoy here on the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au to keep up to date with all that is happening in the NAB League girls across the 2019 season, which only has two weeks remaining for the home and away rounds. And we kick off a big round eight out at Rams Arena on Saturday at 12.30pm. The Calder Cannons, who sit in fifth on the ladder, are up against the sixth-placed Bendigo Pioneers, both sitting four and three heading into this game. How good is this game? Because for the winner, um, they're probably playing finals. Not guaranteed, but they'll probably play it. Where for the loser, it's it's curtains. So <laughs> there's so much at this up for this game. And... I think it's just going to be a great game. Um, at Rams Arena, Calder have the advantage, but I'm going to go with Bendigo just purely for the depth perspective. I think Calder have probably, they they do, they've got the two best players on the ground. Uh, we saw last week with Georgia uh, Patrikios and Georgie Prasparkas, you know, having the 63 touches between them. And if they get going, anything can happen. But um, I think the Bendigo depth, they're playing well as a team and I just think they'll uh, get this job done. Yeah, I agree. I think Bendigo have it. They'll be really frustrated with this loss over the last week to Northern. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll come in fighting. Flip a coin for me in this one. I'll be going with the home side, the Colder Cannons. I think uh, both sides on paper are fairly equal in terms of their season to date. So, um, just who wants it more? Who's desperate to play finals more? Um Calder Cannons for me. The second game of the round, we head to Shepley Oval, where the seventh-placed Dandenong Stingrays take on the eighth-placed Murray Bush Rangers. Both of them are sitting three and four, heading into this game at 1pm on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, there's some uh, interesting games this weekend. They're all pretty even, and I reckon, uh, looking ahead to this game, that... Uh, I reckon Danny Nong might bounce back from their uh, loss last week uh, to Oakley. I just think they might uh, get the job done. Murray were very impressive. Uh, they've shown that they can play out the season, but I just have a feeling Danny Nong, they're out of reach of finals now, but uh, I think they can uh, get a win and jump one of Calder or Bendigo, depending on who lose. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Danny Nong. I think for the sake of switching it up, I'll go Murray. <laughs> Both... Both, I mean, Murray had a really good win this week. So, yeah, I hope they get it again. And they are even on the ladder. They are even on the ladder. Another flip a a coin for for me, this one. But I tend to agree with Pete. I think the Dandenong Stingrays will uh, fire back up after a poor round of footy. Crossing to Sunday at 11am out at Warraway Park, the 10th-placed Western Jets take on the 9th-placed Sandringham Dragons. Both of these sides are 2-5 and five heading into this match. This is an amazing round of footy. Well, I <laughs> wasn't previewing it before by saying it was a blockbuster. Yeah, look at this. There's so many even games, hard to tip. Um, I'm going with Sandy in this game if they can kick straight because I think... 
I've said it all season. They're better than where they are. Um, they just haven't been able to get the wins mostly because of their uh, inaccuracy in front of goal. So Western have probably got a lot of confidence. Now they've finally got their win that didn't come on April 7th. Uh, so they've got a couple of wins on the board. They've got a real chance to win this match because they're generally pretty accurate when it comes to kicking. So I think if Sandringham can get enough opportunities and actually put them through, then I'm going to go with them. But I think Weston will give them a real uh, challenge in this match. Yeah, I'm not sure who to go with in this match. I'm thinking maybe Sandy just because, yeah, Weston have a few really good players scattered around. But, yeah, I'm just going to go Sandy. My coin's getting a workout this week. Oh, you're uh, becoming Mr. 50-50. Well, it's 50-50 games mm. across the board. Uh, but I do think the Dragons should be able to get the job done at Warrawee Park. This one is the first game where there's a little difference mm. in between the ladder positions. The third place Eastern Rangers, who are 5-2, and two, are taking on the Gippsland Power down in Morwell. The Power as we've alluded to already, claiming their first win of the season on the weekend, currently sit 12th on the ladder. Yeah, uh, look, I think after I said last week about Eastern, I don't want to be too buoyant on them this week because I don't want to moz them again. Um, That's too late for that. You moz them yeah, three I weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but to be honest, I think they won't make the same mistakes they made last week. I think they'll be ready for the challenge. They would have... Gone away, go, look, we won the game. There's plenty to improve on. Let's go into this match uh, fresh uh, and take it for what it is. Don't worry about anything else. Don't think about finals. Let's just win the game. And I, I think they will do that now. I think they're going to be a bit more confident going into this one. Uh, Gippsland are going to be very competitive, so it won't be easy, which will be great for Easton because they will be challenged. But I think Easton will have enough about them to win and book themselves a final spot. Yeah, as much as I want the power to get another game on the board, another win on the board. I don't know if it's going to happen against Eastern this week. So, yeah, I'm going to go Eastern. I think Pete's put the moz on the Eastern Rangers. I'm tipping <laughs> the Gippsland power uh, down at their home deck in Morwell. 11.15, that game kicks off on Sunday. The team that you said would not have a win, now you're starting to get on their board. Just trying to steal oh. my tip from last week. Just you know, they're, they're up and about now. The Gippsland power was all my reverse psychology last <laughs> week. That's why they got over the line. Um, and I reckon if I fill them with enough confidence, they'll uh, really push the Eastern Rangers on the weekend. And I really do think you've uh, commentator's curse. Uh, okay. I think you've applied it to them. The other Sunday match before we get to the big one in a moment, the 12.45 game at Warrawee Park, the GWV Rebels who sit 11th with... One win and six losses for the season are taking on the Oakley Chargers who have entered the top four of the competition for the time being. Four wins, two losses and one draw. Yeah, it's uh, always interesting to see Oakley play the away team <laughs> at their home ground. You're going to love that fixturing. Are they going to have the white shorts on? They, they they have. Yes, they do. They've got the uh, the white shorts on. So they are the away team at their the home ground. The alternate strip? Yeah, that's it. I, th I think they will uh, well, they, they don't clash. They're black and white and red and blue. So I reckon Oakley should get the job done. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the competition. Um and I, I think, if anything, I'd put the Moz on GWV because I keep tipping them thinking they're going to win and they don't. So um, I might tip against them this week and they might actually get the win. Uh, but Oakley, look, you look down the board and they're the third highest scoring team. They're sitting fourth. I think they'll get the win here. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to buff that with, so I'm going to go Oakley as well. 
<laughs> You're welcome for that insight. Yeah, no clear charges for me as well. All right, let's straighten up because this is uh, potentially the grand final preview coming one. our way at Deakin University, one o'clock on Sunday afternoon. The Geelong Falcons, the undefeated Geelong Falcons, host the Northern Knights, who are six wins. One draw so far in 2019. Let's break this one down. Yeah, this is the game that I think you're looking forward to since before the season, to be honest. We know they're both the premier teams of the competition and both teams have probably been challenged at times, Northern more so. Um, But certainly they know how to uh, get wins when they need to. And it's it's offence versus defence. And we said this last year that... It's uh, you know it's the best offensive team against the best defensive team. So um, you just can't score against Geelong. It is remarkable that they've only had 76 points against them this season. To put that in perspective, Tassie played two games and had 59 against them. So that's 17 more points that Geelong have scored um, in seven. And they've been also hurting the other way. We've yeah. mentioned a couple of times in the last few weeks how they've been thumping sides off the park week in, week out. doesn't matter where mm. you are on the ladder. They hold no prisoners. The, the weekend's match against the Cannons is probably their closest. Yeah, it, it was. They're, aver- they're still averaging 50 points per game, which is phenomenal. Um, Northern are a bit more than that. Um, they're just over that. They've scored 21 more than Geelong, and that could well have been because they overtook them with their win on the weekend. So... Um, but they've also allowed in 51 more points uh, defensively. So it truly is defense versus offense, as it was last year. And the percentages are just ridiculous. It's 461% to even 292. Imagine being second on the ladder and having a percentage of 292. You know you're... Um, the the top team must be pretty good. And to be honest, I like when it is defense versus offense, I always go for defense, just because you can always find a way to score if you can restrict the opposition. You can work them enough, uh, and I think Geelong have enough depth across the board that they're going to get the job done, as they did last year, but I reckon it will be an absolute thriller, and it'll be the game that everyone will want to watch, and um, yeah, I'm just looking so much forward to it. Um, I don't know. I think for the sake of the podcast, <laughs> I'll go with Northern. Can't use just that as because an excuse. Just because, like I said before, they had uh, three players who kicked multiple goals last week and they do have the, I mean, I guess the depth inside 50 to have lots of options to kick the ball forward. So, yeah, I'm going Northern. I'm doing the coin again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I feel as if Geelong are due. For a loss, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, due not for a big win because no. they only had a little one last week, so they're due for a big winner. Well, uh, that's what's making me. Before last weekend's result, I would have quite happily tipped the Northern Knights because they've already had their reality check a little earlier in the season against the Oakley Chargers with the draw, and I feel as if the Falcons just need a, a realignment. Um, not that they really need <laughs> the talent that's on their list. But I don't know whether the their game on the weekend may have been that, mm. which is remarkable. Yeah, intriguing to still win a game if it's their <laughs> reality check. So, for as to borrow Sophie's line, for the sake of the podcast, you're welcome. I'll be going the draw. 
Oh, <laughs> cop out. Oh, the uh, coins landed sideways. <laughs> that game, as we said, one o'clock, Deakin University. If you can get down there to see the match, it's going to be one of the best for the season for the NAB League girls and probably the grand final preview, mm. given the form of these two sides. They've both been incredibly dominant for the last 18 months of footy, which is Remarkable. A big game on Sunday afternoon. That's the NAB League girls for round eight. Keep an eye on afl.draftcentral.com.au for comprehensive coverage over the weekend and to follow the game if you can't get to it live. We'll have updates for you across the social media channels, Pete, which are... Yep, at Draft Central Oz AUS across Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all your content needs. There we go. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. No worries. Good to be here. We could all smile and be very friendly and not sound fake when we say that. <laughs> I'm Matthew Cox. Thank you very much for your company here on the NAB League Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. We'll review a big round eight on the next edition. <laughs>